The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you are listening to a classic episode of Blethered with Radio X presenter Toby Tarrant. Recorded in London in 2019, Toby tells me about his unconventional route into one of Britain's biggest radio stations and what it's like to work there. We compare notes on our best wind-ups and practical jokes. And we talk about navigating the minefield of social media. And as always, there's plenty more. This episode is brought to you by debt experts. Don't fret about debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episodes with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. So welcome to another episode of Blethered. I'm joined by Radio X's eighth best presenter. <laughs> I did not take that top ten. Toby Tarrant, welcome, mate. Thank, Thank you, you for having me, mate. I love your Twitter bio. It says, you know that drop in listeners you see after the breakfast show? <laughs> <laughs> I oversee that. Yeah, it's true. So I'm on after Chris Moyles every morning. And obviously, you know, the breakfast show is always the big show. But Moyles is an institution in the UK yeah. as well. So, yeah. I'm I'm sitting there with decent ratings, but still about two hundred thousand less than him, and you just got to be honest about mm, it. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> it's shot up. No, the, your listeners have shot right up. Haven't Re- they? Record figures, yeah, record figures recently. So if you are one of those sad, sad bastards that tunes into the show every day, I love you very much. I appreciate. <laughs> do you know it's so weird doing radio though because it's it's surreal. So my latest figures came through, and they're record figures, and they mean a lot to me. They really do. But seven hundred and fifty thousand people, yeah. listen, which which is crazy. I'm still in a room by myself yeah. trying to be funny or trying to be interesting or trying to be entertaining and basically me and my producer. So although you've gone up 50,000 listeners, luckily you don't have to look at them when you're talking. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> so it's just, it feels like a made-up number. Because I'm yeah. like, if there were 750,000 people staring back at me... You'd shut yourself. ...talking about penises and playing Nirvana, I'd be like, this is weird. <laughs> but that, luckily they're not there. Do you, like when you're doing it, do you imagine you're just talking to one person? Because that's like the sort of radio trick, isn't it? You speak to one individual. Yeah. So the yeah, that's so they really when you first start a radio, that's the thing they bang into you. It's like don't don't say things like all of you and listeners mm-hmm. and try and make it sound like talking to an individual as much as you can. Yeah. By the way, I think a lot of that is bollocks because every now and then you'll read out a text from somebody that's not them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't so the, the yeah, illusion, yeah. or you'll do a competition where thousands of people enter. So it's a really <laughs> weird one. But yeah, I when I very first started out on I started off on Capital doing overnights there. Mm-hmm. And um I left when Radio X started because if I played one more Justin Bieber song, I was gonna yeah, <laughs> I was gonna do some I was gonna do some harm to somebody at some point. But uh when I joined Radio X and stuff, but what, the trick I used to learn when I started at Capital, because I went from working in a pub. Mm-hmm. to doing national radio show on Capital without any practice in between, basically. 
And so I was bricking it. I spent the first six months on radio every time I put the mic up, like, bricking it. Yeah. And the way I got over it was I used to drink at a pub that I love very much in my hometown of Cobham called The Runner. Mm-hmm. And I used to picture being sat at that table that we always sat in, talking to my mates there. Yeah. And that was the way that I used to get, get over it. Did you always want to do radio? Because how, how did you make that jump from the pub? So it, so this, so it was very weird. So basically, I had no idea what I wanted to do. If, if mm. you'd slapped me around the face when I was at 18 and said, deep down, what do you want to do? I probably would have said like sports journalism, sports broadcasting, mm-hmm. something involved in sport. And then I went to uni and I did a history degree for no real reason other than I was pretty good at history. So I was like, well, I'll just do that then. It's, 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 I seem to get good grades in it. Quite like the Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. I like the cut of that Hitler's gym, you know, let's, <laughs> let's read more about him. And, uh, and so I did that. And then I finished uni and then I went travelling with a few mates around Europe, around Asia, did the really stereotypical, you know, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia and all Cud- that. Cuddler, we drugged up tiger. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. You did that thing where you find yourself and it turns out I'm a bit of a bellend. That's, that's what I discovered. And then uh, was working in a pub, no idea what I wanted to do. It was basically delaying real life, hmm. working in a pub, living paycheck by paycheck. You get paid every Thursday. I was getting about 400 quid a week with tips. Spend mm. that until Sunday night. <laughs> Spend Monday to Thursday just staying at home at my mum's, eating her food. <laughs> get paid Thursday. Go out four nights in a row. Just do that. And I did that for, exactly. I did that for 18 months. And it was actually my sister, fair play to her. My sister's a brilliant radio presenter who is on heart now. But she always wanted to be a radio presenter, right? Mm. She loved it. So she fear? Fear. So, yeah. That's the one. So she's on heart um, on, at night times and stuff. And she did it the proper way. So mm-hmm. she did local radio, KMFM in Kent, Juice in Brighton, Reading 107. She went to Spain and did like an expat. She did proper radio there. Right, nice. And uh, she got offered a demo at Capital. Mm-hmm. And as she was demoing, they said to her, they said, also, we're looking for a bloke. Do you know anyone that's any good? And she went, this sounds ridiculous, but I think my brother would be great. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what's he doing now? And she said, he just works in a pub. <laughs> and they went, right, what makes you think he'd be good? You go, he's just quite funny and like confident and he yeah. should, I reckon he'd be all right. You should give him a go. And so my sister calls me up and goes, what are you doing like next Wednesday? And I was like, I don't know, working. She was like, I've got you a demo at Capital Radio. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. And I came in and uh, I remember I did a few demos and stuff and uh, the bloke who was overseeing it said to me, he goes, he goes Toby, goes, you are the shittest radio presenter I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you don't know how to sell songs, you don't know the names of the artists, you don't know anything about Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, you don't know anything. But you make us laugh, and we can't teach that bit. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the stuff we can teach. Okay. So I did about six months coming in, like once every week or so, of just doing what they call it, like a demo, so just a fake radio show mm-hmm. for like an hour or two. And then eventually after six months, they just said four till six in the morning so the emphasis for them was on the personality and they can teach all those wee techniques yeah they can teach all that stuff in the world so you know tell you what I'm going to go out to the office and stand up in the chair and be like mother-in-law's eh (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly just walk into the office and go look I I don't know what any of these songs are but I am a hoot that's essentially how I got it basically yeah like a sort of David Brent who wants to go for a drink with me (laughs) exactly that exactly that and fair play to them like they gave me a chance and like I said it I, I am so appreciative of Capital for giving yeah. me the opportunity. Like to take a punt like that is felt like very decent of them. But after a couple of years, I was like, I don't care about this stuff. Mm. I don't care about Love Island. I don't care about the Kardashians. I don't like this music. And then I heard Radio X down the hallway, and I heard Moyles and Johnny Vaughan. They were playing the Rolling Stones and David Bowie, and I was yeah. going, "That's the music that I want to 
And so my agent was like, you're an idiot. Because I begged to leave Capital to go to Radio X. My mm. agent was like, you're an idiot. You're leaving the biggest brand in the country to go to a station that might fail. And, and I went, fuck it. <laughs> I said, <laughs> at, least I'll, at least I'll go down listening to the Rolling Stones rather than go down listening to Justin Bieber. I was like, might as well take the plunge. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. Yeah, I, I know it's quite a, it's a sort of funny, light, more light-hearted example, but do you not think that's an example of how you sh- if you follow what you enjoy, it will always work out for the best? Yeah, completely. I mean, my mate Johnny hosts uh, A Place in the Sun. And Johnny Irwin, lovely, lovely, lovely bloke. And uh, and he listened to me a bit on Capital when he was doing like going to the airport because they fly to Spain every day to go and sell a condo to a couple <laughs> and something like that. And uh, he said to me that I sound really happy on Radio X. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and he said, if you find something you love, then you'll never do a day's work in your life, yeah. which is the truest cliche, most cheesy cliche in the world. But mm. it's so true. And I'm very, very, I know how lucky I am and how fortunate I am. But to turn up and basically crack a few jokes about willies and read a few funny stories out the newspapers and play the Rolling Stones and go home every day is surreal. And you'd, be, you'd be doing it anyway in the house. Yeah, or, exactly. Or like in the building just, site or in a van or in the pub. Like, <laughs> it's, so. That's exactly that. And all you, you're the same. You, I, We've met a few times now and I know what you're like, that you just like cracking a joke, yeah, whether it's in the laugh. pub and get... There's enough... I always think being a stand-up comedian must be the best job in the world. I know. To get a whole audience people to laugh at you like that. Just telling stories. Yeah, and and that is, if you were to ask me, what would you like to do for the rest of your life? If you could be paid for it, I'd say sit in the pub with my mates and have a few pints of Guinness and just exchange the funny, stupid shit we've done in the past. It's, yeah. I'm never, that's me at 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never happy. Don't need edit now. Oh, exactly, I'm never happy when I'm in the pub with my mates. Daily star under your arm. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Got the football on the telly, that's it. Oh, the cricket, you're a big cricket oh, fan. I love my cricket, cricket, boxing and uh, football. But I love mm. every sport, I watch everything. To be Liverpool, honest. did you, you're a Liverpool fan, how did you become a Liverpool fan? Yeah, Liverpool, uh, super fan, went to the two Champions League finals, one we lost, one we won, went to, uh, got a season ticket with me and my mate. Uh, basically, I'd love to say, because obviously, as you can tell from this thick Scouse accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just uh, born in Bootle, born in <laughs> that. Uh, I'd love to say it was something more intricate than that, but I fell in love with football when I was seven years old, 1998 mm. World Cup. Uh, I was obsessed. I was a Michael Owen fan. I was about to say Michael Owen. I was just a Michael Owen fan. I was yeah. obsessed with Michael Owen. I had posters of Michael Owen all over the wall. Um, and then start, so I started watching England first then I started watching Liverpool because of Michael Owen then I fell in love with players like Patrick Berger and Robbie mm-hmm. Fowler and uh, and then Michael Owen just after I'd fallen in love with him fucks off fucks off to Real Madrid but, and then saying some man you just to then, really get up to really but I, that's why I think football teaches you so many life lessons because yeah. I've had trust issues ever since <laughs> I've had commitment issues and I blame it Aye. all on Michael Owen going to Real Madrid and Man United basically He's absolutely done you. Um, growing up, to kind of come back, so if anyone's not aware, I might have said in the intro, I might not. I can't of, remember to you I've come from a famous father as yeah. well, Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Did that Did that influence you in terms of your, your way of thinking of what you wanted to do or did you just have really no clue? Because I feel like being exposed to that, and I know like your sister said that she would come into work with him in the summer holidays because he was famously a capital radio DJ. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So Because so, it was London only back then. Yeah. So, so for people in London, mm-hmm. he for well for people my age in London, he is the Capital Breakfast presenter. Yeah. For the older generation, he did Tiswas, huge, huge TV show. I'd say of all the things, funny enough, that people come up to him about, I'd say Tiswas is the, the really? number one thing. Yeah. Whereas before my time, but I've seen the old videos and stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
for everybody else who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, obviously. that's what it is for me. That's what, and I'd say for, for most people of our age, our sort of age mm-hmm. that weren't in London, he's who wants to be a millionaire, basically. Um, so I used to come in all the time. I used to come in to watch him uh, do the Capital Radio show. I used to come and watch him do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't know if I ever thought that's exactly what I want to do. Mm. But I'm so like my dad that I think it was always knocking around the back of my head that yeah, yeah. I could do that, I reckon. Or, <laughs> I, or I could at least give it a go. Maybe not as good. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I said, that looks pretty fun. And I, dad's, if you ever meet my dad, he's larger than life. He's, you know, he's cracking jokes every five seconds and he's exactly what you like. He's, he, what you see is what you get, my yeah, old man. Yeah. He's a proper down-to-earth, lovely bloke, just wants to muck around, have fun. And I completely got that. So I, I remember just from school, from as early as I can remember, all I wanted to do is not annoy teachers, that was never my intention, was to make my mates laugh in class. I just have a laugh. And you know exactly the feeling, right? And and even back then, making somebody laugh in class was the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could make the whole class laugh, and if you could get the teacher, that was the full house. If you get the teacher <laughs> laughing, <laughs> yeah. that was the best feeling in the world. And I never meant to annoy teachers. I'm sure I drove some absolute insane when I was younger, but I never meant to. I just wanted to make my, my mates laugh. And I get that from my old man massively, yeah. 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 I think I was the same. I see no problem in that. I see no fault in that. I remember teachers would say things like, um, I always want to have a laugh. He's always chatting away and you're like, yeah, I sound like a fucking nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, ra- I would rather be like that than... We need more of that in the world. And that was it when yeah. parents evening would come along and the teachers would explain to my mum and dad what I'd been like. They'd be going, right, I don't really see what the problem is here. That just sounds like yeah. he's having a bit of crack it, and the it, grades are good, so what, why does it matter? It'd be funny. I bet there's a lot of teachers that wish they could just say what they really wanted to be like, Pff. I mean, I know he's 12, but he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. That's the dad's a... like, yeah, yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a right idea for a sketch, is the subtitles of what your teacher really did. <laughs> yeah. you know, a teacher told me once, it's a great story, that um, when we used to do exams in the sports hall, that obviously you think how boring sitting exam is, right? So you're there yeah. for two hours writing about whatever. Think <clears> how <throat> fucking boring it is for the teachers that are just have to walk around and make sure nobody's cheating or anything. Yeah. You're just walking around a quiet room for two hours. So my teacher told me once that what they did, they used to play a game. So him and the other teachers, who were, they were quite a few teachers in my school, a good crowd, like some of the sports guys and stuff like that. They said, just go up to each other and go, right, uh, which of these pupils uh, do you reckon is going to be a crystal meth addict when they're old? <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd go and stand next to the one they fought and they'd look at, and they'd look across the room and go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah he does. Amazing. That's a great game. See, teachers are real human beings. Yeah, well, the, the, see, the amount of teachers I know yeah. now and I see them and I think, like on a night out yeah. or at 4am at an after party, I'm like, I cannot believe you are responsible for educating children oh, and looking after them. Mate, they're so rogue. My, I've, I won't name him because they'll strip him of his teaching licence. <laughs> but I've got a mate exactly that. I've spent great nights of him on fabric dance floor at 6am yeah. on a Saturday. And I will literally just find it so hilarious to go to him, you're teaching children on Monday. And he's going, <laughs> and he's going they can never know about this. They can never know about know. my behaviour tonight. I love you could make a, a good, um, sort of like a Club 18 to 30, remember that? Like club reps? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's how teachers behave. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they need to cut loose or whatever. I would love to I would love to do a, like a podcast episode of people just telling their, their best stories from school. Oh, like yeah. When I tell some, there's one, and I, I've, I, it's quite long, I don't want to totally draw it out, but... I'm ready. We got a, we got a substitute teacher in. And she said, and this just shows you the workings of the mind of like 13-year-old kids and how devious and cunning and conniving they can be because this teacher's like, she said, I don't have a, a, a register, so can everybody just write 
the names down. So obviously we had another name. Uh, (laughs) Fuck, what was it? Linda. Linda McCormick, right? (laughs) That's not your average 13 year old's name in like the mid 2000s. (laughs) Linda McCormick. So we wrote that down and the whole joke was every time she called Linda's name, we just nudged one of the girls and the girl would shout here and that was it. So like three weeks went by when this kept happening. So another thing we did is uh, like I was at the front of the class so I was right beside the door so the teacher would shut the door and then she would walk back to her desk right so when she turned her back I quickly opened the door brilliant so she was like she did this a few times and she's like oh for god's sake can someone go and get the janitor because this door's not working <laughs> <laughs> so the janitor comes up and she's like he's like yeah what's the problem and she says oh I think the spring and the handle is, is broken in the door because it keeps opening watch so she shuts the door and obviously nothing yeah, happens yeah, right yeah. <laughs> So he's like, looked at her as if she's fucking off her head. <laughs> and she kind of starts to click that something right. is amiss, something's right. wrong. So <laughs> she shut the door again and I opened it and she's like flown round. So as she's flying round, I've slammed the door shut like, fuck, like I'm going to get caught. Yeah. So she went, watch that. And then my mate went, Miss Linda's just ran out of the class. <laughs> It's all come full it's circle. It's all coming full circle. Yeah. So she's like running up and down the corridor screaming on Linda. <laughs> and then like one of the like senior management team of the school's coming by and like, what's the problem? And she says, <laughs> Linda, Linda McCormick has <laughs> ran out of the class and she's like, right, okay, panicking. And then straight away she's went, wait, sorry, what? Who say that name Who again? The fuck's Linda McCormick? And then she's like, what then happened is I saw like the exchange between the teachers were she, the, the head teacher woman wasn't blaming us she was blaming the teacher and like right. you should be able to handle these kids and yeah. like fucking get it together yeah, so yeah, like yeah. she's kind of taking her a wee bit of a telling right. and she just had steam coming out of the ears calling us all scum and animals <laughs> and, and looking back I feel a wee bit bad because <clears throat> she's just a woman trying to do her job but yeah. it wasn't it was nothing personal. No, Kids, it's not. You just like to get a reaction. It's not, and and that's exactly it. I I never wanted to piss off a teacher, but they would sometimes get caught in the crossfire of making everybody that's laugh. And that's, but <laughs> fucking hell! I mean, you've got to have a laugh, and you you've got to go to school, and you've got to learn about a lot of stuff that isn't going to be useful in life. And you know, if there's any young children ever listening <laughs> to this, work hard, do your homework, do your work. But in amongst it all, it doesn't mean that you have to be boring as yeah. sin as well. You can have a bit of crack with it. Have a laugh. My other <laughs> favourite one was that, that head teacher woman. So she was she was like one of the assistant heads, but she ran the school. Yeah. And we were in first year. And uh, the fire alarm kept getting pulled off by like people one and two years above. Right. And she's come into her class and she's like, um, I need to think of some name changes here as well, so I can't use people's names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's like, now I know that one of you in here, or some of you in here will know who it is, so what I want you to do is write it in this piece of paper, put it in the box, it's all confidential, and I will take what information I take from right. that. So people just, she, she started reading them out, and I'm like, this is honest <laughs> as if it's... Call back. <laughs> I, I'm like, this is almost as if it's scripted, so people had written, like, the school priest's name, like, right. it's him that's doing it, and she's reading it out, and then she's like, Mrs. Uh, Thompson, who was the teacher at the time, and then her head's popped up she's like what no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I love when they they try to turn us against one another and get us to snitch once I remember yeah. so what was happening was at my school and if there's any teachers from the school listening to this uh, I, I can only apologise years later but basically somebody was going around and flooding the toilets right. so they were filling up the toilet with loads of toilet paper flushing it water was seeping out the toilets the yeah. toilets weren't the strongest right? and the water was seeping everywhere and it was coming out like, under the doors and shit so <laughs> 
This went on for months, months and months and months and months, and they could not catch the culprit. And there was cameras around the school, and they could not catch it right. So they did exactly that. One morning, I come into school, and ev- they're doing it to every tutor group in the school. They're going right, write down the name on a piece of paper of the person that you think's doing this, and hand it in. It's completely confidential. So I just went, I don't know, the year above's full of little shit. It's probably one of them. So I just wrote, probably somebody in like sick four. <laughs> Fold it up, chuck it in. This went on. They never caught the kid, right? About six months later, I go for a shit at school. I'm about 14, 15 at this point. And I use a lot of toilet paper. I've always just, just you know, more than necessary. Especially when you're not paying for it. If you're not at home, yeah. get your money's worth. Stick one of them in your bag, take it up the road. Yeah, I've, I've nicked so much toilet paper from this workplace before <laughs> when I know that I'm running on... And milk. I, I, I use this place <laughs> as my Sainsbury's. It's great. So anyway, I've done a shit. I've used loads of toilet paper, blah, 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 blah. And then washing my hands... And I looked to my right, and water was just coming out underneath the toilet. Oh, no. And I've worked out since. I think it was me the whole time. <laughs> and I just used too much toilet You've paper. Not so that's the perfect crime. If you don't even know you're doing yeah, it, you're then the nobody else has got a chance of doing that's it. That's true. Yeah. So sorry, by the way, for listening to Reed School. I remember once. I always did things that I thought would be really funny, and I never wanted anybody to know. And everyone used to put their. Um, and I didn't even care that no one knew it was me. I just found the chaos funny. That's the ultimate commitment to comedy when you're not even looking for the for the yeah. plaudits at the end. Hi, and uh, everybody used to put their school bags down. So you know, like the straps where you would tighten them. Yeah, yeah. So I basically tied all of every bag was tied to another one. <laughs> And I'll never forget a sort of human centipede of yeah, school bags and it was like visual comedy because this wee guy picked his bag up put it over his shoulder and went to walk and just got absolutely pulled back because <laughs> like the weight of the bags and it was like absolute chaos yeah. and people going mental teachers shouting get to class people are screaming I can't get it they had to like cut bags with scissors and stuff <laughs> which I felt really bad about and there's people screaming like my mum's going to kill me and all that I'm just standing watching did they not work funny. out that you were the only kid in the school who didn't not have his bag tied together you, you would think so but I remember being like fucking hell this is terrible isn't it like I managed to untie me brilliant very devious <laughs> <laughs> you're the knight in shining armour don't worry guys I'll get the scissors I know I I'll help some bastards tied these bags I'll help. together oh, I love wind ups <laughs> we also once <clears throat> this is probably relevant to radio and if anybody ever thinks I'm making this up get in touch with Kenny Carmichael who has been on this podcast right. before I did it to him basically had the whole class or the whole fucking year and six year we're sitting in the common room and I phoned my mate, so he was working at a law firm. He was like, I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing his job. So I was like, hi there, can I speak to Kenny Carmichael, please? Like, so straight away, done the accent, and he's like, yeah. yep, speaking. And I'm like, hi there, I'm calling from Real Radio. Um, funny thing, your dad actually got in touch with us the other day. He wanted to do the, for us to do the wind-up on you, but we're actually going to give you the chance to win a really great prize. Now, I understand you're a Celtic fan, yeah? And he's like, yeah, so I won't keep doing the accent. Yeah. I like that, it, you sound I, like me. I, I, so Have I was, you heard my show then? I, I can fail if you're ever unwell. <laughs> um, so basically, <clears throat> sorry, my throat, uh, basically told him that he was going to have the chance to go live on air with this producer who was called Doogie Jackson on the... the Brit, of course the, he was. I know. I, 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 I did a few amazing fucking... <laughs> Linda I, I did a few amazing impression of him as well. So I was like doing this accent and I was like you'll play for the chance to travel with a Celtic squad on their plane to Milan to see them play AC Milan you'll stay at their team hotel you'll have lunch with them we'll give you a thousand euros spending money and you can take a guest as well Um, what we'll do is we'll get the researcher to get back in touch with you can we have your phone number so then I phoned them did like a Northern Irish accent like hi there just calling about to get this set up so here's the details are you available on these dates just made them think it was so legitimate and then I'd be like 
sorry, hold on, can I just put you on hold for one, just two secs, Kenny? And then I would have a fake conversation going, yeah, yeah, we have to go on air at uh, the back of one, so we need to have this prepared. I need that memo on my desk Tuesday Aye. morning, yeah. Well, mate, so he's totally taken in Brilliant. by it. Um, then I was like, right, the producer's going to get in touch, so I was... And I had done my work experience at Real Radio the year before, so right. I just had an idea of, like... Yeah, how it works. Aye, and processes, so then told him, right, you'll, you'll go live on air, Dougie will, he is going to um, prompt you at all points, so don't worry, you will not be uh, audible until we bring you in, so don't worry if you have to cough or if you have to laugh or anything, it's fine. He's going to ask you the question, and then I was saying, but the crux is, if you get the, the question right, and you win this prize, you have to shout, I'm a real winner, which <laughs> is the thing he did, so I was like, I mean, need you to shout it with gusto, and I was like, don't worry, He's going to ask you to shout it again. That's just what we do. Just scream it. And he's like, right, okay. So then I was like, I was saying, right, five, four, three, two, one. Right, bring Kenny in. Kenny, can you hear us? Right, okay, be on standby. And uh, then pretended to be this presenter. So I was like, yeah, it's the 90s at nine tomorrow. And welcome back. I'm Dougie Jackson, Real Radio. But first, we have got a very special guest on the line. Kenny Carmichael, how are you? So then he's like, yeah, great, thanks. And I'm like... <laughs> Love the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we like, told him the question beforehand, which was, um, with which club do AC Milan share the stadium? Obviously, the answer is uh, Inter Milan. And uh, ask him the question, like, and he's like, uh, Inter Milan, like Kenny, you're going to Milan to see Celtic, and like, oh, that cut there. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are your headphones come out? Headphones come out. Plug them back in. There we go. You can fix it. Right, I know, right at the, at the point as well. Um, so, Kenny, you're going to Milan. And then I said, the production team are delighted for you. And I got like five people to clap. Brilliant. Kenny, I need you to say those magic words. And he goes, I'm a real winner. Like, Kenny, no, you're going to Milan. You're travelling with the Celtic squad. So he's fucking screamed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screamed, I'm a real winner. <laughs> and then everybody's really just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, silence. Hello? It's <laughs> like, Kenny, yeah, it's Sean. <laughs> he just fucking hung up the phone. <laughs> but I tell you what, <laughs> it was in, now is this for anything or just purely your just own abuse? Fucking badness, like Brilliant. oh, it was so funny. And he, he's taken it like an absolute champ for years because this was like twelve years ago now. And we still talk about it, so it all sounds too perfect to have gone that way. But Kenny at Kenny Carmichael on Twitter will confirm I, this is exactly what happened. When things go well, so. My favourite one that I play on my on my Mrs. Pippa, my favourite trick at the moment, though she's got wise to it now, is a few times when we'd book an Uber, right, book an Uber car, and I would just spot a car coming down the road in the distance, and my eyesight's better than hers, so I can read the number plate before hers. So a couple of times I casually went, uh, I said, yeah, it's silver Seat, um, and it ends in HXW. And she'd be like, all right. And then, so that car would come down the road. Oh, yes. It's a complete bro. fucking stranger. And yeah. when, it would stop, when it would stop at the lights, she's got into the back of, of strangers' cars. And it makes me laugh so much. Because she gets to the back and she says, and she goes, hi there, for Toby. And, they, and they've just got a mental woman in their back seat now. <laughs> yeah. And she immediately sees in their face that, that it's not, not an Uber. Not and especially me. if there's somebody in the passenger seat already. And it makes me cry of laughter. She gets out and calls me every name under the sun. But I was like, I was like, 
Probably one day this is going to go so wrong. I, I, if I accidentally one day pick like a kidnapper, Aye, or, and speed away. I'm literally just offering quite an attractive woman into the back seat <laughs> of strangers' cars. But it's worth it for the laugh. It's oh, worth man, it. It's that is worth... amazing. I'm going to do that. It's a great trick. You play that game at home. It's oh. a great game. <laughs> I'm now trying to rack my brains for other wind-ups I've done. I always, I love giving people frights as well. Oh, yeah, jumping out on people, always yeah. fun. But me and my sister did that from a young age, and I still find that hilarious to think. Talking about, you know, in your head, so like with your mate, yeah. in your head you're like, it will go like this. In reality, <laughs> 90% of the time, it doesn't quite. Yeah. But when it goes as good as or even better than expected, I remember once we were at my mate Rob's house. We must have been 14, 15 we had a good old-fashioned sleepover where, like, six of us sleep in the front room on a Friday night after school and play Xbox and watch a film or whatever. Anyway, his parents, and I hope they never listen to this because to this day they don't know that it wasn't him. <laughs> um, his parents went out, his lovely parents, Beverly and Paul, went out next door for a dinner party around their neighbours. Mm. And we're all in the front rooms playing Xbox, watching TV, whatever. And Rob, my mate, falls asleep first. So it's his house, he falls asleep first. So we come up with this idea that we're like, right, when his parents come back later tonight... What we'll do is we will quickly change the channel to the porn. Then we will put the remote on Rob's lap, <laughs> slap him in the face, and then all pretend to be asleep. <laughs> Amazing. And we're like, we're like, if this works, right, it's so good. So, so we literally, we hear the front door go back, and it's about 10 steps from the front door into the living room. <laughs> So we like, so we all got our roles. I'm in charge of flicking to the channel because obviously I know it off by heart. <laughs> yeah. My mate Luke's by the TV to crank up the volume a little bit, and my mate Andy's job <laughs> is to put the remote on Rob's face and slap him in the face. Right? <laughs> so we're like, if this works. So basically, sure enough, front door goes. We're like, right. I put on the porn. It's it's the it's the most graphic scene you could imagine. It's on, and we've pe- we've paid for it. Luckily, we, we oh, know because because the babe station. We're like, no, we want it more graphic than yeah. that. And luckily, we know the we know the pin code for the remote. <laughs> So we put it on the most graphic porn we could find immediately. My mate Luke goes up to the TV, puts the volume up, and then jumps back into his bed. My mate Andy turns around, slaps my mate Rob in the face as hard as he can, and puts the remote on his lap, and we all lie down. And the best timing ever, that as his mum walks in, she walks in to just Rob sat upright, (laughs) right in front of this porn, and everyone asleep around (laughs) him. He looked like an absolute deviant. and And he is... He doesn't know where he is. He's just been slapped in the face and he's now sat upright and he's woken up by his mum going, Robert, what are you watching? And he's going, Mum, I don't know what's going on. He's absolutely clueless. And in the morning at breakfast, he's going, my mum's really pissed off at me. Like, guys, can you just tell my mum that you did that? And we're just going, Rob, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And to this day, we've never confessed to his mum. He'll know now. Did did he know eventually? Oh, he'd know exactly what happened because we we remind it of him every time we see him. But yeah, it's nice when they go well. There's yeah. nothing better. I love a wind up at work because to see if I'm getting paid for it on someone else's time. <laughs> yeah. I worked in a clothes shop when I was like 19, I was at college, and it was in a shopping centre. And opposite us was a hairdresser's. Now, right. to explain, so you've got the front shop where they sold the products, but the back shop is the salon. Right. So, yeah, on yeah. like a Monday morning, there was nobody in. So, what all the staff did is they all sat on the, like the chairs and they just sat and had tea and chatted. So, we could see right in. So we would phone their shop because the fr- the phone was at the front door. So like they, you would see them going, "You get it, no, you get it." So then someone would get up and just as he went to pick up the phone, brilliant, would hang up. <laughs> Simple but <laughs> yeah. so effective. So yeah. then he would go and sit down. <laughs> as soon as he sat down, <laughs> he would phone it again, and he would get up 
and then he would go to answer the phone. <laughs> and so what would happen? Oh, sorry, my throat. That's all right. <laughs> so what would happen is they would eventually be like, "Fuck that!" Like, let's. I'll just keep right. So we just keep ringing, keep ringing, and he'd eventually be like, "Right, we better get that." So then we get up, go to get it, and he would just be about to put his hand on the phone, and then we would hang up again. <laughs> Another one we we had. So we had the directory for all the shops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I phoned every single shop. Like a Tuesday, and like, hi, we've got um, these pack these care packages to give away. They're worth like eighty pounds, um, and it's all hair products and shampoos right. and conditioners uh, and when whatever. So if you you can all come down, if you just bring some proof that you work within the shopping centre, then you can just get your your package. And within five minutes, there's just like queues and queues <laughs> of people to get their stuff. And you can see them getting there, like exasperated and wound up and being like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And <laughs> <laughs> we just, me and my mate would just sit in this empty clothes shop, just like pissing ourselves laughing. So it's the beauty of being able to see the prank unfurl is the best yeah. bit, right? So it's so similar that we picked the place opposite us. So my mate uh, that I went to school with years ago, again, we must have been 12, 13 at this point. I don't know if your school ever had this. Our school handed out a contact book with all parents' numbers and addresses in, like an address book for parents. And no, I don't know why they did it, right? Anyway, they did, but obviously that's a dream. If you're oh, my God. You've literally given me the holy grail of pranks there. Yeah. So my mate Richard lived opposite this kid in the year below. And it was a Friday. We were around his. his Richard's parents were out, and we were like, let's organise the kid opposite a party for tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes. That he doesn't even know is happening. <laughs> so we just go through the phone book and we've, we've never spoken to this kid in our lives, right? Isn't it some kid in the year below? <laughs> and, and we just go through the phone book and we just guess which kids in the year below might be his mates, right? So we're ringing up these, all these numbers and obviously parents answer the house phone. So we were going, uh, hi there, uh, blah, blah, blah. the kid was called Alex. Hi there, it's Alex. Um, just, uh, I'm having a few people around tomorrow. My mum said I could have some friends around. And they'll go, oh, that's so nice, Alex. What time do you want us there? Uh, uh, one o'clock, please. And, uh, oh, yes. And we did, and then they'd always go, oh, you know, so-and-so, George, who is here now, do you want to speak to him? Go, oh, no, no, it's fine, because I've got to call everybody else, but just let him know, because we like, he's going to tell that's not the voice yeah, of his yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. So we made sure, and if the kid answered, we just hung up. But if it was the parent, yeah, we spoke yeah. to the parent, right? <laughs> um, and Richard lives right opposite, and from his bedroom window, you can just see down the front door. Then we call up Domino's Pizza, and order like we go, yeah, we're having a big party. We're ordering like, <laughs> oh, we're ordering like 400 quid worth of pizza, right? right for, <laughs> for one o'clock as well. So we go and sit in my mate Richard's bedroom <laughs> and we're just there going, this is fucking brilliant. We're 12 years old. This is genius. This might be the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> so we sat in his bedroom, lights off so they can't see us. And we just watch. <laughs> and the first car turns up at 12.50. And you can see their front door clearly. So the mum answers... And there's just mass confusion on the doorstep and nobody knows what's going on until another car turns up and then another car turns up. We must have invited 40 kids to this party, right? So, so, and, and, so, but immediately, the thing is, right, after the first few, you can see the pennies drop, right, that a prank's been played. But the mum starts just saying yes. And and the kids come in. And then, our favourite bit, the Domino's turns up and the bloke gets out with a fucking mountain of pizzas and garlic bread and litres of fans and all this and whatever, you know, Ben and Jerry's and rocks up. And at this point, when the mum answers the door and sees the Domino's pizza, she bursts out laughing and pays for it. No way. So now, our amazing prank, we're sat in the dark 
Yeah, and across yeah. the road, he's having the best day of his life. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, got 40 of his best mates and a load of Domino's pizza, and we're the twats sat in the dark. Tell you what, I would have, ta- I would have chapped the door and be like, I'm here for the party. <laughs> <laughs> Should have done. Should have done. It backfired so horrifically. We went, we're now just watching kids have a really good time that we organised. Oh, cla- I listened to um, Kevin Bridges' autobiography, yeah. and right. it's on, I say, I listened to it, so it was the audiobook, and he talks about doing wind ups, and it's so funny that everybody kind of does something similar. Yeah. And he, one that I did something kind of like it. So I just love phoning people. And uh, he said he would phone up and be like, hi, you're on the radio to win like something really trivial, like two cinema tickets. Right. And then they'd be like, <laughs> I'm trying to think, they'd say, um, right, just, you just have to answer this simple question. What is the capital of Panama? Or like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, what's the fourth largest city in Peru? <laughs> And the guy's like, um, um, I don't know. And then they go, it's Cape Town. And the guy's like, wait, is that not South Africa? And they just hang up. Yeah, that's great. That's so civil, but so effective. I think I've, I think I've told these stories before, but I worked in this really terrible job in Barcelona for like three months. It was right. just horrible sales job. It was a stopgap. And we were measured on how long you were on the phone. And I just couldn't do it. So I would just get my pals round, round my table my desk and we'd phone taxi companies in Glasgow. Right. Again, just to wind them up. So say stuff like, the one that, that could have went badly and uh, I basically phoned up and went, hi, it's me. And they went, oh, hi, Gary, is that you? And I'm like, fucking yes, man. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's me. I went, is he in? <laughs> right, just winging it and she went no he's just nipped out and I went right do us a favour tell him I'm on my way down I'm going to punch his fucking head in when I get there and she's like what what and I was like are you that like, <laughs> and you never actually see what happens yeah. but you know something happens something some somewhere. guy gets a really angry phone call yeah. like who the fuck are you phoning my office and the guy's like what she obviously thinks I'm somebody but I used to phone another one and pretend to be an old guy Right. so I'd be like hello there one taxi, please. So then the guy's like, all right, okay, where are you? My house. <laughs> and it's like, the guy's like, all right, okay. Where are you going? Asda. <laughs> okay, which Asda? The one that's closest to my house. <laughs> Just, that's right, the guy would fucking lo- really lose patience. <laughs> and what I would do is like phone him right and he would answer. And then once he'd answered, he'd hello, something cars. Once he said that, I'd go, Margaret, I'm just calling the taxi now. What, what, what is the number? So then he'd be like, no, yes, I've answered. And then what I'd do is start dialing the number. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going beep, beep, like in his ear. And like, every time he tried to talk, I would just press another number. And then I would go, he would kind of fucking humour it for a while and they'd just wait and he would go, Hello, oh shit, I nearly said that. There you go, hello, taxi cars. <laughs> and uh, this guy will fucking hunt me down. Do you know what it was like? Bart Simpson and Mo Sizzler. Because like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I eventually would be screaming. And I think it must have tied up the line. And he would go, uh, so then I was like, phone back. And I did it just like three or four times a day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he, when, he heard it, uh, when he heard it was me and he heard it was this old guy, he'd be like, fucking hell. <laughs> and he would just be shouting because he's like, this guy can't hear me. Oh, it was amazing. And he'd be like, where, where is your house? Uh, my house is next door to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson's house. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, where's their house? And I'm like, next door to my house. And that is just, lovely, oh, lovely people. I they know. Are. They're a lovely couple. I, know. I haven't done a prank call in 10 years. I want to bring them back. Mate, if I, if I was doing a radio show, I would just be, I'd be like, we need to centre this around wind-ups. Well, the, that horrible thing happened in Australia, didn't it? Where, do you remember some Australian 
uh, radio station called up the hospital when the royal baby was born. Oh, yeah. And the nurse took it really badly. Yeah, killed herself. It was a horrendous <gasps> story. And she I, killed herself? Yeah, and I felt terrible for... I actually felt really sorry for the presenters as well because you never expect that sort of knock-on effect. No. But, so it was a graphic story. Oh, so, shit. So nobody's really doing them anymore. Yeah. But if you want to do them in your own time... <laughs> yeah, then, and just don't... don't. You, yeah. What was it? Did they get? Did, were they, they trying to get information about the baby or something? Yeah, I think. And they, I think they basically asked her to patch them through, and they convinced her that they were somebody important, and she did. And then she got a bit, of, got it in the neck for it or something. But it ended oh, horribly. That's so, not so good. it's a horrendous story, and I feel sorry for everyone involved. It's terrible what happened with the woman, but the presenters as well. Yeah, I listened back to it at the time, but they didn't do anything. I mean... Yeah, they, I think I remember hearing that earlier. It's not that they, bad. They really didn't do anything that like that bad, but obviously the end result was terrible. So yeah. since then, I think everyone's shit Shitting scared to do, to do it. We're, gonna, we're living a sensitive time now where yeah. it's going to get harder and harder to do anything on the radio about upsetting somebody. I am... Um, I worked in another... It was a proper job and I got a contact from somebody and uh, I gave him a call and he was so rude. And this guy is renowned for being really rude, but right. it was really horrible. And I thought, nah, mate, you've upset the wrong guy here. Right. So I kept, <clears throat> I had numbers for all his clients. So I would, like, phone his clients and be like, I'd speak to their PA or whatever, and be like, yeah, it's, we'll call him John. I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's John, um, is, is such, so, such and such in. Yeah, yeah, do you want me to put you through? No, 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 it's fine. Going to just ask him to meet me, at, like, for coffee at, like, some place, and we we'll do that. I <laughs> <laughs> I also remember phoning up like because he was an older guy and I phoned up another older guy and pretended to be him and asked him if he wanted to get a game of basketball after work <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the guy's going sorry John I don't think I'm hearing you I thought you said basketball there <laughs> it sounded for a second there like you wanted to go and play basketball yeah yeah I was like yeah yeah I was like I just got a new ball for my birthday and all that like, <laughs> and he's like can I call you back and I was like okay <laughs> So then the person who gave me the number is sitting at her desk and this guy walks over and he's like, have any of you spoken to Alan today? And they're like, no, why? And he's like scratching his head and he's like, I've just got an email about him saying about basketball. And he's like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And just for that, for me, the confusion that that yeah. caused, that's where I get my, my enjoyment, the confusion. Has anyone heard from Alan? I meant to meet him at the skate park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he ties his rollerblades up. <laughs> As he, as he velcros yeah. his elbow pads. Yeah, I haven't worn these in a few years, but if Alan says so. <laughs> oh man! But um, back to back to you in yeah. terms of because we just we don't sat, have to. This is I way know, more interesting. I know, this is me. a lot. This is funny. Um, you're you're doing what? When you started Radio X, did you have to do because you were doing like what was it half four until half six or something? Like yeah. That? So so like I said, when I AM. left Capital, yeah, the other. Big reason that my agent said I'm an idiot is it meant I had to basically start again. Yeah. Um, and quite right too as well. So, so and I went, do you know what? I'm young enough to make this decision now. Yeah. To set myself back a couple of years. Because I've done like two years at Capital, but I was like, I'm happy to start again. Mm -hmm. So I went to Radio X and did four till 6.30 in the morning. So, and I was doing four till six on Capital. Um, but I had to prove myself a lot at Radio X. And quite right too, because Chris Moyles and Johnny Vaughan were aware of me mm -hmm. on Capital, where the script was very much <coughs> chat about, you know, Kardashians and Justin Bieber. Yeah. And, you had to be, and then you've got Chris and Johnny, these two, you know, legends of British radio, yeah. doing their bit. And uh, and Moyles, who me and him are very close now, but Moyles said to me, 
few years ago, he goes, I'll be honest, when I found out we were signing you, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I've, <laughs> I've heard this kid on Capital. He is the least. And to be fair, it was the boss at Radio X at the time who went, I've met him a few times. Toby is not like that. Yeah, he's yeah. so different from his on-air Capital persona. And I, he's, I promise you, he's way more like this. Yeah, yeah. But I had to prove myself a lot at Radio X. So I did, yeah, a couple of years again on 4 till 6.30 in the morning. But now I do 10 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon, which is a lush That's perfect, shift. isn't it? Well, how, how much do you learn from somebody like Chris Moyles, cause, like, even just from observing him? Because he is like, a heavyweight of British radio. I, I learn so much from... I'd say, again, this is no disrespect to Capital, but the type of radio that is, is very much get the tunes away, quick, short, 30-second links, whatever. Mm-hmm. Chris Moyles talks for 45 minutes at the start of the show about playing yeah. a song. I learn more in three weeks at Radio X than I had in two years at Capital mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of certainly the presenting that I wanted to do anyway and him and Johnny are just they're genius and it's a weird one Radio's a very weird one because Moyles and Johnny get a lot of hate on the texts and tweets from really? because uh, if you are that much of a big personality yeah, yeah. you will grate on you some people you rub people up the wrong way and the fascinating thing is if you look at Johnny and Chris they probably get the most <laughs> abuse and the most love yeah. and the best ratings because they're brilliant at what they do, but being brilliant at what you do comes at a cost of some people will not be able yeah. to stand. And I've found it from doing, as I've become a big personality in 10 to 1, and I've covered Chris Moyles and stuff, that it's the same thing. Eventually, mm. you can be really safe at 4 till 6 in the morning and just shut up and play the tunes, and nobody will dislike you, but you won't get a fan base either. Or you yeah. can be yourself and take some risks, and that does come with the old person who's just, especially if I'm covering Moyles. So my 10 to 1 show listeners are very, they're easy because they listen to me every day mm-hmm. and they listen because they like the show. Yeah, so, yeah. so I've got them in the bank, if you like that. <clears throat> when you go and cover Chris Moyles, you get two types of text, which is either, fact, fuck, you're on, I can't stand Chris Moyles in the morning, or when the fuck is Chris Moyles back? I hate you. And <laughs> yeah. there's nothing in between. Yeah. There's nothing in between. It's a fascinating side of things. But listening to Chris and Johnny take risks like they do every single day and have an opinion on things that might that some people might be afraid to have an opinion on... and. Never, ever, ever would Chris, Johnny, or I, or anyone, we certainly never want to anyway. I never go, I'm saying this to get a reaction or to mm-hmm. offend anyone. Yeah. Ever. I, I, I never want anyone to get offended by my show. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I will crack a joke that's a bit too close to the bone, and I will have an opinion of things. And if you do that enough times, eventually you will say something that somebody will disagree with. But when I listen to Chris and Johnny like take risks like they do, and they've been doing it for so long, I've got so much respect for it. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy profession. That's it. I, I kind of think, on obviously on a much smaller scale, but I always think I'm just going to say what I want to say because yeah. if you if you are that guy that sits in the fence, you will be vanilla. You're beige. You're Tuesday. Yeah. You're like there's just nothing, That's no it. substance. Yeah. And you, you, like I, I know people like that, and they'll play it safe and fair play. Do what you want, um, and whether in life or in in any form of broadcasting yeah but there's nothing that separates you from anybody else no exactly and that and that's exactly it and uh, and I think maybe being armed with the fact that I never <clears> had my heart set on I want to be a radio presenter I want to be a radio presenter yeah. armed with that meant that I wasn't willing to just sit and just speak for 10 seconds in between songs I was like well if I'm going to do this yeah, yeah. I'm going to have some crack with it and have some fun with it and I think that's maybe encouraged me to take some risks and take some gambles and stuff but I'd say my old man once said this to me This he summed it up so well when I first started doing this, and so my dad's never really given me much advice on anything because mm. he goes, he goes, you're your own man and you and I are very similar but also very different. Mm. So you've got to find things out for yourself. But if you try and be something you're not, you will get found out eventually oh, yeah. is the way that he described it to me. And the, the way I always think about this now, the way that I explain it to people is if you think about 
Uh, Miley Cyrus, <clears throat> right? And Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Disney actors from young age, yeah. child stars, whatever, doing these squeaky clean Disney programs, Hannah Montana and stuff like that. And then so Miley Cyrus starts off as this squeaky clean children's film star and does Hannah Montana or whatever. Mm. Then she grows up a bit and she starts smoking weed and having a few relationships and, yeah. you know, doing topless photo shoots and drinking a bit and swearing and whatever. And everyone's going... Oh, she's gone off the rails a bit there, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. It's like, no, she just used to be 12 and now she's 21. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you do the Russell Brand Lady Gaga thing of just come out the blocks batshit crazy yeah, from day yeah. one, yeah. then or Keith Richards. Keith, nobody has a go at Keith Richards when he drinks too much Jack Daniels and passes out because he's taking some heroin. But if Lindsay, <laughs> if Lindsay Lohan does it, everyone goes, oh, fucking hell, she's gone off the yeah, rails. Yeah, she's you're like, no, she's just 10 years older than yeah, exactly. what she was in the parent exactly. trap. She's had a, probably a very stressful life being under spotlight. Yeah. And it's manifested itself like that. I think if you try and be something you're not, eventually it would get found out. So if I tried to be squeaky, squeaky clean, because I can sometimes have a bit of a dark sense of humour or say something that's a bit close to the bone. Yeah, I'm the same. If I, exactly, I know exactly what you're like and I know what Gordon <laughs> Smart's like and I know what Chris and Johnny are like and stuff. Yeah. And eventually, if you're all squeaky clean, one of those will slip through and then it's bloody hell, did you hear what Toby said yeah, this morning? Yeah, yeah, shocker. Whereas if I go, look, this is kind of what I find funny, hopefully you do as well. I don't want yeah. to offend anyone, but maybe if you don't like it, listen to someone else. Do you ever have anybody like really going over the top if you've said something that has upset them? Luckily with Radio X, our listeners are pretty... The, yeah, it's a... the funny thing is because I give this persona it's not even a persona but because I am how I am on air where I'll tell you honestly that I'm hungover and that I pissed in the laundry basket last night <laughs> yeah. and, uh, or, or whatever I've done or I'll, I'll crack a joke that's quite offensive about a, you know, I'd, I'd like to point out that with Toby saying that he pissed in the laundry basket that wasn't just an example of something outrageous that literally happened this weekend that happened on but... Friday night yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Friday night it was my birthday uh, fancy dress I went out as the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from yeah. Ghostbusters uh, about 4.30 in the morning, my Mrs. Pippa, the long-suffering Mrs. Pippa, found me sat completely naked in the laundry basket. I thought I was sat in the toilet and I'd pissed all over our clothes. So wow. I'd just like to apologise to Pippa for that. Anyway, she took it very well. She yeah, found it hilarious. she was laughing. But, yeah. but because I give that persona on air, some of the texts that come in from Radio X listeners, they'll be going, here, Toby, uh, here's a joke that you'll like. That'd be the most horrendous, like, racist, yeah. sexist, homophobic. Yeah. And I'm going, no. I'm yeah. going, you've really misjudged me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've... They're going, Toby, I know what you like, mate. This this is right up your street. I mean, no, that's 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 disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I like a joke as much as next guy, but that is really yeah, not what's too far. Um, but no, I've never, I've had the odd person take offence at something I say. I I purposely sometimes, I'll be honest. Sometimes I turn around to my producer Neil and go, "I'm a bit bored today. Shall we crack a few jokes about vegans?" Yeah, because yeah. they will nibble. Or I'll yeah. say, or football. I, I will sometimes just go. I'll just poke a Man United fan here. Yeah. I'll just say something about Man United's result. It will be a throwaway line out of the news. Oh, good good result for Man United over the weekend after they've just lost. <laughs> yeah. And just watch the text come in. Just certain top topics. People are easy to rattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But generally, I, 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 I like to think that my show is very welcoming. I never, ever want to mm. cause offence or anything. But I will talk about topics that maybe if your kids in the car aren't a good idea to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to tune in with. There was something when I sat in and you doing the kickabout with Gordon. Yeah. And there was a couple of things you said and I, I would be like, kind of listening, so maybe just staring at a wall as I'm listening to it and then you'd say something in my head has like swivelled 180 degrees. I'm like, I can't fucking believe he's just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what kind of what kind of station is? This? I like it, but yeah. what kind of station is this? Yeah, and and we we t- get away with murder on Radio X. We we talk yeah. about things that no other radio station would talk about. And again, it is never to cause offence. But we've we've got a pair of balls, and we're like the thing that I never understand is right. 
we're only talking about things that you and I and everybody else that I know chat about in the pub every day. Yeah. So why wouldn't radio stations reflect that? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you be honest and talk about some of the news stories that other people are staying away from because they're a bit of a minefield? Yeah. I'm like, everyone's talking about it, so it'd be stupid to avoid it. But I think that is what people really like about Radio X as yeah. well. Is there is there's that edge, yeah, and it's there's humour involved. It's it's not also completely formulaic in the sense of as you said, thirty second link song news song song thirty second link. Like yeah. it, it's variable. And it's dependent on, and it reflects your personality or the, the host personality. And, and it's credit to the bosses, because we are a very commercial radio station. We're the mm-hmm. biggest com- uh, commercial radio building. Yeah. Hugely commercial. You know, we've got Heart Capital, you name it, in there. And there is a t- definite time and place, as you can see, <coughs> for the millions of listeners that they get yeah. for that Heart Capital 30-second, you know, nice, mm-hmm. chatty, excited presenter playing the music, because they get 25 million listeners and crazy numbers, whatever they get. Yeah. Um, but there's also a huge audience of people that, aren't like that and you know if I go through my listenership it's a lot of uh, painters and decorators with their radios on mm-hmm. lots of people that work in vans and stuff like that like you're real like man on yeah, the street yeah. listener uh, lots of like professionals I get a lot I've got a woman that texts in every day that she makes cakes for, yeah. I've got uh, wedding photographers there's lots of stay at home jobs now just very normal people going about their day and they're talking about the stuff that we're talking about so why wouldn't we Chime yeah, in yeah. on it as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got those resident listeners, people that will yeah. constantly get in touch and stuff. Do you have like sort of recurring guests or people you've be, you've become pals with? Like- yeah. So I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say I. I'm not as. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I'm as much as we're meant to be a rock and roll station. Yeah. I mean, I I like. I pretty much go home every night and watch a bit of Netflix with the missus, play some FIFA, play some Foot Manager, and go to bed. Whereas some others in the in the station, Gordon's at a gig every night. I, I'm in fucking Serge Bazaar. I'm in Crouchy and Abby Clancy backstage yeah, at Serge. Exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, and, and I, and he I, loves his music, doesn't he? Like, yeah, and, and I've, I've been so privileged. So, I mean, I've uh, I've interviewed Michael Caine, which was wow. surreal, and he's an absolute hero, and he was as lovely as you'd imagine. Um, I've had Crouchy on a couple of times. I've had Graham Swan. So it's it's been yeah. surreal to to yeah. interview people like that. And Crouchy's a very 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 good lad. I, I really like his. I got his book, and I really, really like the podcast as well. Yeah, is he just is he making a break into media? He's doing the Amazon thing. Yeah, completely. He's he uh, he basically had one eye on it already towards the end. He told me towards the end of his playing career mm-hmm. because he he was at Burnley at the end of his career and. He said that he could have carried on playing, but he wasn't being used the way that he liked. Because Crouchy, yeah. we, we had him at Liverpool. He's got great feet. Yeah. But he said by the end of his career, he was a head on a stick. Mm. If you were losing with 10 minutes to go, he came on and you pump the ball up to him and then you try and win some flick on to try mm. and score ahead or whatever. And so he was like, well, by this point, he was already getting a bit of punditry work and mm. he'd written his book and stuff. And I think he got a taste for it. And yeah. But for, he always says, and you and I would rip our arms off to have the opportunities he had. He said, I had the best job in the world being yeah. a footballer and nothing could ever beat it. He goes, but I've possibly got one of the best second jobs straight after that. Yeah. So, so he's killing it. But people like Good about Crouchy is he's done so well to play football at that standard and all the craziness and scoring goals in front of 80,000 and having probably mm-hmm. supermodels throw themselves at him and crazy parties and God knows what else goes on. To be self-aware enough to laugh at yourself. Yeah. It's so, it's so difficult to do that. Yeah. so difficult to do that and he's done it and I think that's why I mean look you look at the clubs he's played for they've all got huge rivals he played for Liverpool they've got Everton and Man United he's played Spurs. for Spurs and they've got Arsenal you know he's played for both Portsmouth and Southampton he's played yeah. for QPR 
he should be hated. Yeah, yeah. But he's not. Universally liked. Because fans recognise in them, oh, he's just a bloke like us. And, it's, yeah, and that's harder well. to find in professional football all the time. Yeah, that's true. No, he's killed it, and fair play to him. And you had Lorraine Kelly on the other day. I had Lorraine Kelly How on the other she? day. She's due on here soon. Is she? Uh, well, yeah. she was lovely. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. Just as nice as she seems. But yeah, she, I, I mean, I've, I got 15 minutes with her, but I always think you can tell... When the mic's down is when you really can tell. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was so chatty as soon as mm-hmm. I walked into the room. And then we did 15 minutes. She was great fun. She recited some Jerry Cinnamon lyrics for us. Did she? Yeah, eh? which was great. And, <laughs> then, uh, and then the mics went down and she carried on chatting. And basically the only reason we stopped chatting was because her team were like, we need to get the need number. Need to go. She would have chatted all day. She was great. She was really yeah, good Yeah, I'm looking value. forward to chatting with her. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what, this is quite a hard question to answer, I suppose. But let's just say the next five years, how would they go for you ideally? Uh, I mean, Radio X wise, you know, I hope my boss has never listened to this because when it comes to contract negotiations, it makes it tricky. But, yeah. I, but I'm very, very happy there. Yeah, yeah. I love it there. I love it there. And uh, I've, you know, I've occasionally had other stations sniff around and inquire, mm-hmm. and I've politely said, "I'm really sorry, but I've, no thanks." You know, and no disrespect, but. I don't get to do over there what I get to do here. And I get to cover Chris Moyles when he goes on holiday. I occasionally cover Johnny Vaughan. I mean, it's surreal. Yeah. I've, it's, there's things that have happened in my life that are surreal, like the last few years. I mean, I grew up listening to a bit of Moyles and watching Johnny on Big Breakfast and stuff. So then when the sentence first comes out your mouth on radio, hi there, Toby Tarrant here sitting in for Johnny Vaughan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi there, Toby Tarrant sitting in for Chris Moyles for the rest of the week. It's fucking mad. Yeah, and it never gets less surreal. And it's like, it's humbling. It's a huge privilege. I'm yeah. very honoured and fair play to the bosses for like having the faith for me and stuff. So that 10 to 1 show we're covering Chris and Johnny, I love doing that show. The listeners are great. I really, really enjoy it there. I'd like to do more work outside of... I've gone down the TV route a little bit, but... Um, what, was it, what was the football thing you were doing again? Uh, oh, fan TV. You're yeah, telling me you didn't watch Fan TV I on Sky TV. Channel 212. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've got it in the Sky Plus planner somewhere. <laughs> right, then you're the only one. Even I didn't watch it and I was presenting it. <laughs> I did a football show on Sky Channel 212 a few years ago with Justin Lee Collins. Wow, he's still about. Yeah, he's still about. And uh, I mean, I was there going, this is surreal. I'm hosting a show with Justin Lee Collins. And he was there going, who the fuck's Toby Tarrant? <laughs> <laughs> Quite right, too. What was that show that him and Alan Carl did on yeah, the, uh, Friday night? Friday night, something rather. Saturday night, something rather. Yeah, Friday night. I can't remember what it was and called. And they had that woman as well. Yeah. There was three of them. Yeah. It wasn't Holly Willoughby, was it? Am I completely making that up? No, I, can't remember. I think she had like dark hair. I don't think she was particularly well known. Right. I may be ignorant of me, but to me, anyway, I didn't. I, I vaguely remember it, but I remember, yeah, Justin. And he was great. He was lovely, very, very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. He was brilliant stuff. But yeah, it was on Sky Channel 212. I mean, somewhere between, I don't know, the History Channel and the porn, basically. Yeah. I mean, uh, right in the uh, sweet spot. Yeah, a man and his dog watched it. Nobody <laughs> watched it. But it was three hours live TV. Twice a week, yeah. Three hours chatting to football fans. Now, if you can interview the average football fan for three hours, then you can you can speak you can to anyone. anyone. You can if you, you if you can make just your average bloke who's a Leighton Orient fan seem interesting. Then Michael mm. Kane's a piece of piss. So it was a, <laughs> yeah. it was a great learning curve doing fan TV. Yeah. Uh, did a bit of Yahoo Sport presenting a football and cricket right, show okay. to them, which which was which was really good fun. But yeah, I'd like to do more TV, but it's tough. It's really yeah, tough. Competitive. Like, it's I mean you you actually go through it and. The reason is, is they're bloody good at what they do. But if you break it down, Anton Deck, Dermot O'Leary, Ben Shepherd, your Holly Willoughby, Philip yeah, Scott, yeah. between about 10 presenters, they've sewn up, what, 50 shows? Doing everything. Yeah, so it's Ryland, very, very Ryland's tough. Ryland's in involved in it as Ryland's well. Ryland's everywhere at the moment. like, And it's because they're good at what they do and yeah. the audience know them and stuff. So, yeah, that's... That would be one thing I'd like to do in the future is more TV work. So, you know, if there's anybody listening, then, you know. Yeah, if there's please, please, he's, he's begging. Yeah. I had a wee interaction with Ryland recently. I, right. I wore a jacket. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I'm ready. So... I basically 
I'm, I'm trying to think how best to describe this. This I'll let you describe it, right? Right. I would say this was uh, it was out there. It was bold. Right. But I basically, you're not a shy retiring in character, though. Sure. No, exactly. But I tweeted saying, "Thanks for letting me borrow your jacket, Rylan." Right. Okay. And he immediately replied saying, Brilliant. "No worries, but I want it back." Oh, really? That's good for. <laughs> oh God, where's it got? Can I get so, a signal on you? I love reply. I I love Twitter. I know Twitter gets a bad rep yeah, for people. It's good fun. It's full of dickheads, right? It's full of dickheads. But there's, that's because there's dickheads in real life. But yeah. also Twitter is full of very, very funny people. And I just focus on the funny ones. But I love replying to people. I love I love interacting with them on Twitter. I think it's great. There we go. Here we go. Come on. Right. Would you call that flowery? Well, I'd say that it was very cruel of you to knit your nan's curtains and make it... <laughs> <laughs> it's... I mean... You know, you're a good-looking lad, Sean, so you're kind of pulling it off. I, d- I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very floral... It's a black blazer with floral prints all over yeah. it, and then you've gone for a black tie and some and some trousers. I, I kind of like it. I wear a lot of quite loud Hawaiian yeah. shirts and stuff. Now, here's my thing, right? This is what I said to, to my missus recently when I started wearing quite out-there shirts, like Hawaiian, all summer. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love a Hawaiian shirt, and they're... They're really cool as well, like in terms of like temperature cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of cool as in cool, yeah, cool, yeah. then they're fucking far from it. But uh, I like, quite like that jacket. No. Right, but, so I said to my sister, I said, here's the thing, right? So I've always liked to wine shirts. I only never really wear them, maybe at like a festival or on a holiday or a bit ironically, mm-hmm. but I genuinely like them. But I know the first day I walk into work wearing this, I'm going to cop a bit of flack. Oh, in. yeah. And I said, but the second time you wear it and the third time you wear it, it just becomes part of your wardrobe. So yeah, I said, yeah. I've got to go through this initial few weeks yeah, of getting some time. stick. So that blazer, the next time you wear it, your mates have seen you in it before. Ah, exactly. What are they going to do? You've got to get stick for anything. I remember exactly. When I think sitting at being out in the office ages ago, when I was in here, and you said something, and everybody's like, "Oh, is that your final answer?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you just, no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to avoid it. No, exactly that, exactly that. You just got to take it on the chin and uh, and, and <laughs> I quite enjoy it. I, I very much. My listeners take the piss out of me a lot in the texts and tweets and call me yeah. all sorts, and I love it. You've got to, you must develop a thick skin, being radio people saying things, people hammering you. Yeah. Some things must just it, just wash over you. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's such a weird one. So like, uh, so. I'm very fortunate. The listeners have, have taken to me, which is fair enough. Like, and I really appreciate them for that. And luckily, they've warmed to me. And you know, and we're with this accent, this posh voice. Yeah. When you're in, you know, when you're, people are listening in Manchester and Stockport and Scotland yeah. and stuff like that, I've got to get through. They've got to listen to me and go. He sounds like a prick. Let's hope he's not. Right. Yeah. And that's completely fair. That's completely fair. Right. So the listeners have been great with me, and they've and you know. The listening figures have been amazing and stuff, so it's surreal. But there is the odd person that just can't stand you. That's just the game. I know, yeah. That's the nothing game. you can do about nothing it. Nothing you can do about it. And every presenter gets it. But it's so funny. I spoke to another mate of mine. She's uh, she's on Heart Pandora, and she's an absolute legend, and she's great. And we had a chat about it once. And I said, it's really weird, because when I first started out, you could, I could get a thousand tweets in a row that hmm. are complimentary, and I'd get one person who fucking hates me. And I'd just focus on that. Yeah. And it's like the other thousand didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, now, especially when I cover Moyles, you get the odd one of just people that can't wait for Chris to be back because, you know, he's Moyles and he's got an institution and that's, fi- and that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't ask. You don't have to let me know. You <laughs> yeah, could just yeah. wait until next week, but <laughs> yeah. fine, whatever. Um, and it'll be the same thing. I'll get a thousand tweets. Loved you this week. Great job covering Chris. One person going, fucking hate you. Can't wait for Chris to be back. <laughs> yeah. And and 99.9% of the time now, I, I often like them on Twitter and just go, you know, fair play. I can't please everyone. You yeah, just can't yeah. please everyone. Um, once in a blue moon, it's, I don't know if it's you didn't sleep enough that night, you've not had enough to eat that day. Nowadays, when I see those, I just laugh. 
once mm. in a blue moon, just one will get to you. And I'll go, that's weird. Yeah, I know. I read a much harsher tweet two, two hours yeah, ago I and I didn't give a shit. I know, it's strange, it, it's isn't it? It's so weird. I don't know if it's just what's happened to you that day, whether you didn't sleep enough, whether you haven't had enough breakfast, whatever it is, whether you've had a bit of a Barney with the missus. I don't know what yeah. it is, but on the right day, at the right time, one of them could just, you'll just go, ah, oh, it's a bit of a shame that. Yeah. 99% of the time I go, fuck it, you know. It is yeah, what it don't is. care. It's but, a good life lesson, but it is, a, it is a harsh one to get your head around. Yeah. That not everybody. I think because, as well, you're like, you've, I've not interacted with you, and you have taken your time out to tell me that you think I'm a prick, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I am. I suppose yeah. it's all subjective. You know, yeah. I think I'm all right. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I've said this before as well to, to my missus. I went, people not finding me funny, I'm fine with that. Because humour is the most subjective yeah, thing yeah. in the world. It's more subjective than music, films, anything. Humour is, you get an immediate reaction. Yeah. You either found that funny or you didn't find that funny, right? Somebody's like, I... Yeah. Yeah, but they just tell you straight away with their face, basically, when you crack a joke. And on air, it's harder because you can't see them. But if you don't find me funny, then I, that's, that's, that's just it. Like, yeah. I can't do anything about that. But I find, you know, knobs funny. And if you don't, we're not probably going <laughs> to see eye to eye. Yeah. Pardon the pun, see eye to eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does annoy me when they just think you're a bellend. Yeah. Because I'm like, I think I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah, like, yeah I don't I think, go out my way to be horrible yeah, to anybody. I, really, I never say anything harsh to anyone. I never mean to anyone. When they just go, yeah, that Toby Tarrant's a dick. I'm like, I oh, know, I'm an unfunny I'm unfunny, but I don't think yeah. I'm a dick. Those I, are the ones I that annoy me. Until you've been on the receiving end of it, yeah. you probably never really get it. Because um, yeah. it's just like me walking into some insurance company office, tapping a guy and going, just to let you know, I completely dislike every fundamental <laughs> aspect of your character and I wanted to personally <laughs> yeah. let you know. Yeah. That's the exact same thing, just because it's over a screen, you yeah. fucking prick. Yeah. And I, I, then I'm like, I want to go back at people. I'm like, nah, don't. You just don't give it oxygen. Yeah. My advice always is, because sometimes presenters nibble on Twitter and reply or whatever, <laughs> but I always join in on the joke. Yeah, if yeah, they, yeah. If they say you're this, then go, yeah. They can't go anywhere from there. Yeah. I'll tell you the one that annoys me, right? When, when you bump into a, to a listener who, who doesn't like you, right? Which is fine. But then they're pally with you to your face or whatever. But they also go like, oh, all right, Toby, I listen to it. He goes, goes, don't really fucking like your show. But, and I'm going, yeah. don't try and be matey with me. <laughs> you fucking prick. I went, my life is literally the same, whether you tell me that or not. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just in the pub here having a fight at Guinness. So I said, if you come over and tell me you love the show, then I'll say, sit down and let's have a drink. That's very sweet of you. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've got no interest in hearing from you, pal. Just keep that to yourself. And when it's online, if you show it, if you give any nibble, you know people will just jump on it, just yeah. in order to get either from more famous people, like an interaction, or just to contribute to winding them up. And it kind of goes back to that fundamental character aspect of kids at school just trying to get a reaction yeah. you're like it's not always personal yeah it really <laughs> isn't exactly that and it's um, I find like the problem with replying to them <laughs> yeah. so so Moyles for example if he gets some stick on Twitter sometimes he'll reply and just call them like a knobhead right <laughs> simple but effective yeah. and the problem with that is that bloke now can go to the pub tonight yeah. and he'll go how funny is this Chris Moyles called me a knobhead on Twitter yes. and he's loving it he's telling yeah. his mates I've, I wound up Moyles and he called me a knobhead whereas if I join in on the joke he goes look I called Toby this and he replied with this quite funny and yeah. his mates will go oh fair play to him for replying with that yeah, Just yeah. I, I mean one guy said so I joined Chris Moyles and uh, the rest of the team for the last 20 minutes of their show and some guy said tweeting me going I fucking hate it when Toby Tarrant arrives early at the end of the Chris Moyle show I turn off as soon as he walks into the <laughs> studio right? 
So I just replied. I replied going, fair play, mate. I said, apparently, your girlfriend left you because you arrived early as well. Right? <laughs> I thought, pretty funny. Leave yeah. it up there. It was getting loads of likes. And and also the funny thing is your followers then pile in on the bloke. And I went, yeah, yeah, and I went that's kind of funny. I was yeah, quite pleased yeah. with it. Um, and, then, uh, and that's the right level of doing it because when yeah. he's in the pub tonight with his mates... He goes, here, look, I got a reply from this bloke on Radio X who I hate earlier. Go read a reply and go, to be fair, he's done you there. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Uh, so even if I'll never win him over, at least I'll have his mates going, well, he's kind of come back at you quite well there. There's, uh, do you know the comedian Lemmy? Yes, yeah, yeah, Lemmy yeah. used to do this thing where he would tweet someone's username without the at, and he would say, at 1pm... Everybody just start tweeting this guy saying, "Heard what you did. Heard what you and the dogs, you dirty bastards." <laughs> <laughs> and he, I'm sure he did. He John Prescott once, right? <laughs> and John Prescott like majorly fucking bit. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I always used to beg Lemmy, like I'd be like, "Please start doing that again." Yeah. Obviously, never see it. Never seen. But um, I mean, John Pre, I'm sure it was John Prescott, and he's like, just "I'll nibbles. be taking legal action." Oh, it's really? It's like, no, oh, you want not because you want the nibble. Yeah. You want the nibble at the end of the day. I completely get it ah oh, brilliant man um, is there anything we've not covered anything you want to pick up for I don't know it's your fucking podcast yeah, sure that's true mate I like, to, <laughs> I like to give you I like to give people that opportunity um, no I've loved it man no it's been smashing it's been great we'll, we'll get another follow up I feel like we've encouraged the just a load of younger bastards are going to do loads of pranks at school and now on the phone but I hope that's, so. that's as long out as, of our hands. tell you what as long as I'm not on the fucking receiving end of it yeah. they'll be like hey this is not funny this is immature yeah. this is out of order if anybody's got any ideas for any good wind ups yeah. let us know contact you yeah um, we'll need to try you. or if you've got any ideas for a prank contact John Prescott yeah <laughs> <laughs> tweet John Prescott yeah um, uh, hopefully I hope you will bring back the wind ups on your show one we'll day we'll have to we'll have to bring them back at That's some point ideal mate well thanks very much for mate, your time. thank you for having me and we'll do it again soon we'll football again oh we just should we say this we played Capital FM on we Wednesday battered them you're a bit of a ringer I don't know who they thought you were. Yeah, he's a, he's a producer at Radio X. Yeah, we, I know. we yeah, bought yeah. him, but we absolutely battered Capital. Despite the fact that they're all younger and fitter than yeah. us, it just goes to show, you know, old age and treachery will overcome youth, vigour and skill. Exactly. Gordon Smart was just elbowing kids in the face. I mean, and and it's like, great to see. He's Francis Begg being calm when he's on the football <laughs> pitch. Literally, <laughs> some poor kid at Capital, like straight out of uni. <laughs> I know. And Gordon got a 40-year-old hungover, sweating Gordon Smart, just elbowing you in the face. It was magic. It, that was it. We were in 10-2. It was a battering in the Yeah, end. it was. A tanking. And a couple of pints after. Magic. Yeah, don't mess. Thanks for listening again. Um, Toby will get you back on at some point soon. Be lovely to come back yes, on. Yes, and we'll have the Gordon Smart part two soon. Although there's a, there's a wee surprise episode. I can't say what it is, can I? What we were talking about in the pub. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay, good. There'll, be a, there'll be another good one coming soon. Oh, that's going to be good. Press are going to pick up on that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Leathered was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine and for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series including Talk Media, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.